Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we are going to answer a letter from somebody who is dealing with an anxious friendship attachment style is what I'm diagnosing <laughs> it as. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Dr. Sam. That's right. <laughs> which but, is a great segue. <laughs> yeah, right. Before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. I am not a doctor, turns out. <laughs> no, not a doctor. Yes, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Although I like to call Sam Dr to love every once in a while. <laughs> please don't. Please don't do that. <laughs> Sam and I are not professionals, so please take our advice as you see fit. We're only to off- here to offer our humble musings, so hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. We're going to start with a check-in topic today, inspired from a DM I got from a listener. Uh, Katie wants to know some tips for a respectable breakup. And I thought this was a mm. great question, especially because it brings us back to our Just Breakup roots. You know, how the <laughs> fuck to break up. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I feel like we haven't covered um, something like this in a while. And I thought that this is actually a question with a ton of depth, even though on the surface it's like, for sure. you know, tip number one, tip number two, tip number three. So starting off, uh, what is the tip you have for breaking up respectably? Well, I think even before we get into like tips, I just want to also name that like every breakup is different <laughs> and mm. that like different breakups need different things. Right. So like, for yeah. example, if you're like in an that abusive so relationship, real. right. Like the respectful thing to do is to like get your ass out Not of there. Abusive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like, and find a way to keep yourself safe. Right. Like, and so right. like you can do it over email, you can do it over text, like whatever that is, that is fine. Um, and then I think what Katie is probably getting at is like, how do you do a respectful breakup when, you know, there's nothing super wrong or like red flaggy about the relationship is just not working, um, which needs different things then in that instance. Um, but again, right. Remembering that, there is no such thing as a breakup without feelings in it. Right. So like you can be as Mm. respectful as possible, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to suck. doesn't mean that it's not going to have hurt feelings involved. doesn't mean that you're not going to feel bad about it as you're doing it. So just remembering that, like, absolutely. I think being respectful is a good goal in trying to do and enact a breakup, but Uh, if we're using respectful as a way to avoid like crunchiness or bad feelings, that's not actually a good marker of success when it comes to a breakup because breakups are almost all the time going to have some sort of bad feelings involved in them. Yeah. I think that is the perfect way to start this conversation because I also think that there is some weird social politics going along with the word respect, like, you know, my people pleasing heart, like there is no respectful way to break up with someone in my flawed human brain because (laughs) that means, you know, I, I'm hurting someone or I'm disappointing someone or I'm going out against someone else's wishes. And that's like really, I know that's really challenging for so many people. So just like Sam said, you know, as we move through a couple tips here in the check-in topic, keep in mind, you know, the, pressures or the expectations we're putting on ourselves to be respectful and who and what taught us what respectful meant. You know, I'm sure that Katie, the, the person in our DMS means it with all of this implied that there are really ways to say, to, 
to move forward in and out of a relationship with respect for that person's personhood and humanity and to Mm -hmm. do that in, you know, with kindness and boundaries for both parties involved. Uh, But you're like Sam said, you're never going to. Rarely you will move through a breakup without hurt feelings. You know, so the expectation cannot be I am going to be so respectful that this breakup isn't going to hurt this person or I'm going to be so respectful that there's going to be no backlash or pushback or whatever. Instead, it's like, how can I respect this person and myself while moving through this breakup? And recognizing that, like, what's respectful for me might not feel mm, super respectful to the other person, right? Like, yes, it may be I'm going to be respectful by, like, not giving you a list of all of the the reasons why this is happening, right? And to receive that might be like, oh, my God, they're being so disrespectful because they won't tell me why this is happening, right? right? So, again, it's like that the context matters and the reality is, is that each party in the breakup is going to have a different experience of that breakup in the same way that they have different experiences of the relationship. Cause we're all totally. different people in different bodies with different experiences and identities. Totally. I totally agree. So yeah, all this to say, huge... I have no tips for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. I have, I think I have like one tip. I've got some um, tips though, no, for sure. Uh, and this is coming from someone who is like, I would arguably say like has never broken up with someone well. <laughs> we're well, talking you've about learned about what not Sierra. to do. So like, that's important. <laughs> Bitch, what have I not learned from this podcast? I have learned the expansiveness of the human experience and how shitty and how good we can be to one another. That's true. Those 7,000 uh, anyway. letters have really given us a glimpse <laughs> yes. into people's personal lives. <laughs> And I'm thankful for it, man. It was like getting my master's in (laughs) human relationships over the last couple of years. For sure. Anyway, uh, don't, don't get me wrong. Like I failed every class. Like I don't think I'm that much smarter. (laughs) I just like loved the content. Anyway, uh, I would say something that I would definitely need is, um, I would write myself out a script Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't necessarily lean on in a cemented way. Like I, that's not a script that you go in and you read verbatim, no matter what the other person is saying, but I would keep in mind the things that I wanted to get across that were not negotiable, that no matter what the other person said or threatened or cried about. And like, I sound a little heartless right now, but like, you know, part of breaking up is recognizing that two people want different, two different things and you have to be okay with that discomfort. So you have to go in knowing at the end of this conversation, I want to leave this relationship and it doesn't matter what that person says or promises, but I I know I'm going to, I'm going to leave. And so I would need to like, you know, make myself feel really sturdy in those feelings and those desires and those boundaries before going into the conversation. And so I would write myself a little script of the things that Mm -hmm. I wanted to say, things that were not negotiable. And, um, and maybe at the bottom of that script, I would be like, it's okay to leave with these feelings unresolved, you know, that it's okay to leave the breakup conversation with things unsaid, because guess what? You can't, you can't, talk your way into a breakup feeling better, especially, especially 
the first day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and all when our it's hearts happening. want is to yep. like talk and talk and talk and talk and make it better. Yep. And that's just like not a realistic expectation of ourselves. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think all of that. And I would also, as I'm writing that script, would want to provide some reason for breaking up, but not like a play by play of everything that the person like did wrong, you know? So like a reason mm. why, um, you know, it just feels like our, our Unless goals. Unless you're trying to be hurtful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which like, I say like laughing because you, we like shouldn't want to hurt one another. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. But like, you know, uh, our goals just feel like they're not aligned for these reasons, or I've been feeling pretty neglected in the relationship because of these reasons or right. And again, like not a tit for tat, here's everything that you did wrong, but offering at least some understanding of like why this is happening. Cause we get so many letters from folks who are like, all I got was the breakup and I didn't get any explanation. So like, I think offering a little bit of that can be helpful, but that is like a really yes. hard line to walk to be like, not going into too much detail, but also not being too vague around it. But well, and, and being prepared for what I said, because if you, you know, if we're breaking up, Sam, which we are never going to do, this is your first time <laughs> listening to the show, Sam and I are married to each other and we're very much in love. Are we? <laughs> Listen, I've been wanting to talk and I think it's the most respectful way to break up with you on our podcast. On together. Air. <laughs> yeah. So, don't correct them. Just let them keep listening and figure it out. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, but if we're breaking up, I would say something, you know, like if you were like, oh, I've been feeling really neglected lately. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I can spend more time with you. I'll stop yep. texting this hussy Willow all the time. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I will. I'll put the phone down. Blah, 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 blah. And then so that's where you go back to that script of like, you know what? It's I've given you opportunities to change. And I know in my heart it's over. Um, yep. Yep. You know, being ready for that. You know, or, or or knowing are you up for negotiation? Are you going into this breakup knowing like you don't want this to happen, but you think this is the right thing to do. Cause that's sure. also possible. It's totally possible to, to, to leave a relationship that you want to work because you know, it's just not going to. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things to also remember as you're doing this is that you have had this knowledge about the breakup for way longer than the person that you're breaking up with, right? Mm, they're getting it for the first time in this moment. Whereas you may have yeah. had, however much time, a day, a week, a month, whatever it is that you've used to be able to decide. But like the person that you're talking to is getting this information for the first time. And so that's going to create a whole lot of stuff that you may have already worked through in this decision-making process, but that they haven't had the opportunity to be able to do that. So I think part of being respectful in a breakup is not necessarily getting immediately to the material aspects of it, but also to say like, I understand that like this is the first time you're, that you're hearing this, right? Like this may be surprising totally. to you, all of that stuff. I'm happy to give you space to process it before we figure out how we're going to get our stuff back from each other's house. Like all of that sort of logistic stuff um, to be able to sort of recognize that like that person might need time to emotionally process through some of this stuff. And 
you're not the person that necessarily needs to be the one to emotionally process in the moment with them, right? Because that may not be the healthiest thing for them or for you in that moment to sort of rehash everything that's going on in your relationship. Even if they think that's what they want. Even if if they're like, I need you to tell me more. I need you to process with me. How dare you leave me with this to deal with all by myself. Trust me. I mean, I have been both parties on that side and <laughs> that's real. I'm nauseous just thinking about it. <laughs> and also Sam is totally right. It is, you might be the person that they have processed things with in the past, yep. but you are not the right person for them to process their breakup with you with. Yeah, with you. we got it. <laughs> on, on that note. <laughs> On that note, let's uh, let's move it to our letters. <laughs> Thanks for the check check-in topic, Katie. I love it. And thank you for listening. Thank you so much. All right. Today's letter comes to us from Toxic Best Friend, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from Pacific Northwest. Hi, Sam, Sierra, and Spencer. First off, thank you for having such an insightful and loving podcast. I began listening to the podcast with a friend casually, and now I can't miss... <laughs> And now I can't miss a week without listening. I know you've spoken about friendship in previous episodes, but I still have enough questions to fill a novel. I'm currently having a lot of trouble deciphering in my head the difference between the expectations we have in romantic relationships versus platonic ones. Mm. I recently had a really important friendship come to an end, primarily over a pandemic-related fight, which sucked. And truthfully, I'm floating now in a weird period where I don't really have any close female friends in my life, and it's really hard and embarrassing seen to say that out loud. In the past, I've been the type of person to hold on too tight or be too emotional in a friendship. For example, really fixating on who my quote best friend is, which I know now is just a recipe for disaster. I look back and cringe about the ways I treated people close to me. I'm trying to work on developing more friendships with less expectations. The problem I'm having with this new approach is cultivating casual friendships is that sometimes I don't feel like we're completely compatible because they're not meeting these best friend expectations I have ingrained in my brain. I have tried to convince myself that it's more casual to like seeing people in certain situations at certain times and you don't have to marry their personality. But at the same time, it feels so disingenuous. I have a friend right now who definitely considers me a really close friend, but she doesn't really put much effort into our relationship and we don't really stay up to date on each other's lives. And I wonder if that's what a normal friendship is supposed to look like. The other part of has been these ghosts of best friends past that have haunted me. Part of me wants to reach out and reconcile with previous friendships that ended harshly. The other part of me feels deeply insecure that I might be that toxic friend. I'm scared that I fulfill stereotypes of a toxic friend and that I'm the only one to blame for driving these important relationships to leave me. So I guess what I'm asking is, what are the expectations you have for the friends you keep in your life? And is there a different barometer for friends when you should try to work things out or just break up? Thank you so much for your podcast. You have truly helped me through some tough times. Sincerely, your toxic best friend. All right, your toxic best friend. I promise you're not a toxic best friend. Uh, And we're going to talk a little bit about different expectations of friendship right after this break. 
Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about? I will tell you that I 100% am in that 75% of people. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had maybe, I don't know, 15 subscriptions, um, but I couldn't believe it when actually I had way more than the, <laughs> that. And it was things that I both had forgotten about and not forgotten about, but like seeing it all in one place was a real sort of amazing moments of clarity for me from streaming services and fitness apps and delivery services. Like everyone's trying to sell you a subscription now. And Rocket Money is great because it helps make sure that you're no longer wasting money on the ones that you forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love how the dashboard helps me see this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits. It is humbling (laughs) (laughs) and incredibly helpful. Uh And they'll also help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in cancel subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this letter. I, I relate to it so much and I share that. So like, I want you to hear me saying that so genuinely that you're not, you know, alone in this. You're not uniquely fucked up. You are not uniquely a difficult friend. Um, you're not even a difficult friend. That's not what I'm saying, but Mm -hmm. you know, this anxiety that you have, I think our culture puts a lot of pressure on friendships without putting the same, um, forward facing importance that we put on romantic relationships. Like friendships are just supposed to be, you know, wholly good and important. And they are some sort of sort of reflection of how good you are as a person, even though they are just as complicated and often more difficult and more nuanced than romantic relationships, because we don't have those societal uh, examples or conversations to lean on or to, or to help us through difficult friendships. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. we're not talking about friend breakups on uh, you know, in, in, on television or, or in think pieces. I'm sure we are somewhere on the internet, <laughs> Sometimes, but, but yeah, for sure. it's just not, it's just not as common as love stories, you know, or, or like when's the last time you heard a pop song about like a friend breakup? <laughs> Probably yeah, never, never. <laughs> you know, I can only think of like one song that even talks about a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And friendships are just as complicated and, and require just as much, uh, nuance and nurturing, um, with, with far less tools. So you're not alone in this. I definitely, 
I definitely feel that same shame and embarrassment for like not having many uh, close friends or many mm. friends at all. And it, which is funny because I, you know, like one of my first notes in pre preparing for this episode is this is nothing to be ashamed of, but mm -hmm. of course our brains don't know that, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. our hearts are like, you know, I'm just a shameful little beast <laughs> and yep. this is all Always. my fault. But <laughs> you know, just because we feel something about ourselves doesn't mean it is true. Uh, but this is all really hard and, um, I'm sorry that your anxious little heart is doing all of this overthinking, over worrying mm -hmm. about these relationships and your past behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it, it's hard to be somebody who really wants intimacy, that sort of craving connection and vulnerability in a world where that is really hard and in a world where, mm -hmm. where folks aren't necessarily very practiced at what it looks like to maintain deeply intimate relationships, um, with multiple people, you know, right. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think that like my experience of friendship has definitely changed a lot as, as I've gotten older and as time has gone by. Um, and I feel like being able to be in close friendships with people, um, takes more work now that I'm older and it's work that I'm absolutely willing to do. Um, but I think that for a long time, I just expected friendships to be like easy breezy, right? Like we should just get each yeah. other. We should just like want to hang out all the time. And then in my mid thirties, I'm like, no, actually like if I want to have good friendships with people, I have to take initiative around it. I have to reach out to them. I have to plan time to hang out with them. Yes. I have to have and conversations. Have to, yeah. You have to navigate the diversity in the human experience. Meaning sure. like your friends might not have the same attachment style as yeah. you. So the same things that are coming up in relationship in romantic relationships are coming up in friendships. Like for sure. I know for a fucking fact that you and I have experienced that in our friendship, considering I'm anxiously attached and you are <laughs> secure slash avoidant, you know, like I know that, like, yeah. I know we have navigated that maybe not explicitly, maybe not like us sitting down in our couples, couples meeting, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. for our relationship vision. <laughs> oh my for God, sure. Do you know how satiated that would make me feel <laughs> if like the meetings my wife and I have, you know, for our relationship, we you and I have like our, have these, our friendship We have maintenance. these conversations. <laughs> yes, I know, but not like, <laughs> not like you do in a romantic relationship. You know what True. I mean? True. Not, you're not, again, we don't have the script be like, I, our attachment styles are different in friendship, but they totally can be, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that that feeling that you're feeling with this sort of like new friend who's like, we're really close. And you're like, I don't really know that much about you is also something that I've experienced in relationships and friendships <laughs> as well. And it's like a little bit off putting for sure, but it also just speaks to like the diversity of experiences when it comes to friendships, yes. right? Where it's like, oh, you're the person that I hang out with the most, or you're the person that I like talking to the most. And therefore we're really close where you might be like, yeah, but like, you don't know about my childhood trauma. So like, how could you possibly mm -hmm. be my best friend? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and, and so I think all of this to say that, like, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. And I also don't think that you need to settle for friendships that aren't fulfilling for you. I think that you in this moment, like many of us right now are like trying to navigate what it means to be in relationship with people who have different expectations and different understandings of what good friendship looks like. And 
I am lucky that I have found friends who like share similar meanings around friendship with me. And also I still have things where I'm like, oh, we we have different expectations of each other than right. I, I thought that right. we did. Or I need to right. change like my behavior. friends let you see their butt. <laughs> And other friends, I was honestly don't. That just is a thinking throwback about that <laughs> several years ago. I was thinking about the, this so this morning because you know. I caught a glimpse of my butt in the mirror and I was like, oh, it's looking good. Sierra will never see it. <laughs> First of all, I'm honored. I'm honored that you thought of me and I'm deeply hurt. I'm deeply hurt. Uh, I get <laughs> that's, it. A, that's a throwback <laughs> update from fucking years ago. Years Sam ago. Sam has never shown me this is butt in 15 fucking years. All right. <laughs> in my defense, I don't think any of my friends have seen my butt. So it's not just like, it's just that a different. That does not make me feel better because then you compared me to all your other friends. Okay, this is not going well. <laughs> just kidding. Our friendship is different and special. No one else has seen so my butt. So to the letter writer, this is a perfect example how people can have multiple expectations in the same friendship that are coming from all different directions. Honestly, that so is my true. biggest piece of advice for this letter. And it's for myself too, as I, like Sam said, am navigating relationships in my thirties that aren't as aren't as easy or as simple as they felt like they were when we were younger, when we all had class together, you know what I mean? Or oh, for sure. We all we worked at the same the coffee same shop. Oh my yeah. God. Or the same, or, or you went to the same bar or whatever, you know, when your friends were chosen by your profession or your college experience or whatever, it was a lot simpler because they're like, oh, of course I'm going to hang out with these people. Um, and then there comes a time where you're like, are we compatible still? Do we actually want to hang out with these people or is it a proximity thing? And what, you know, oh my God, the, the, the poison for the anxiously attached heart is, Am I as, are they, do they care about me as much as that I care about them? Like that is fucking that I'll, I'll stay up at night thinking about that, even though that will never lead me to like happiness or satiation. You know, that's just me being anxious about like my worth in other people's life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what the anxiously attached do is, is constantly question that worth. Anyway, so the, my biggest piece of advice for this letter writer and myself is just taking a deep breath and really internalizing the extreme diversity in human relationships that I will have the utmost pleasure and honor in experiencing over the course of my lifetime. Think about mm -hmm. like if we are lucky, right? If we're lucky and we live into our 80s, how many different forms of human connection am I going to experience anywhere from my childhood best friend to the hospice nurse that, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. gives me my drugs when I'm 80, right. Um, to my wife, to the first love of my life, to my first best friend, to my last best friend. Like we are going to have so many different types of relationships in our lives. And each of those relationships are going to come with their own diverse human experiences. Like mm -hmm. something that I've been telling myself, like I have put myself out there with a couple new people recently, and I feel proud of myself for that. <laughs> and thank you. Um, and 
you know, after we hang out and it goes well, I'm like, oh my God, this person's my new best friend. No offense, Sam, but they would definitely show me their butt. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh my God, you know, and then, and then life happens and we don't talk for like three weeks, four weeks because we all have kids or jobs or maybe it's, maybe we don't have kids or jobs and we just like have two unique complicated lives, you know, and I have to tell my anxiously attached heart, but that doesn't, that doesn't devalue the time that we had together. Or like if my friend can give me a small part of their life and then they have a equally complicated life the rest of the time, like that is a gift in itself. So it, mm. I, this is, I guess, less advice and more just a small perspective shift for that anxiously attached heart. Like it, helps me to recognize that it's worth my discomfort to have a small amount of human connection, even if that human connection doesn't mean that we're going to be best friends forever, doesn't, isn't the absolute salve to my loneliness. Um, that all human connection is not going to be perfect. It's going to come with bumps and awkward interactions and times in which that I'm feeling like I want more or I want less or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to give us all a little bit more grace because it's, it's hard out there. <laughs> For sure. I don't know if For that sure. makes sense, but just like, it does. I think my, my old anxious heart would, would want everybody to be a perfect match. I'd mm. want them to I'd be like, Oh my God, I'd put them up on this pedestal. I'd have a ton of expectations for us expectations that they would a either never reach. And I'd be like, Oh, well, they're not my best friend. So I don't, we're not compatible. I don't want to spend more time with them. Not really giving them the grace of being like a fully fledged human that like, just, you know, that could be my casual friend, you know, for sure. Or B not really feeling hurt by the fact that like we're not texting every day and then we're not intertwined and not sharing every intimate piece of our childhood trauma. Um, you know, I had a lot of expectations on my relationships and I still do. And I have to like kind of talk myself out of them. Um, so I'm right now in my life practicing, you know, meeting people where they're at and meeting myself where I'm at too. You know, like if I recognizing that my life is complicated. Um, and I have a lot of expectations and that doesn't make me broken or hard to love. Um, it's just kind of part of our humanness. I know that's not like a resolved answer, but that's what I'm thinking lately. No, for sure. And I love that idea of like part of being a good friend to people is to allowing them to be exactly who they are. (laughs) You know, like, And not to say like become a people pleaser and like let people walk all over you. But part part of what I've had to learn is that what love actually looks like is radical acceptance of the way that people want to be in the world. Right. And the way that they want to live their lives and the way that friendship sort of and is enacted for them. And of course, you can ask for what you need or you can ask for something to change if it's not working super well for you. But to a certain extent, like my demonstration of love and friendship for folks is to not say you have to show up for me in this way all the time, but instead be like, I love this person deeply. And I know that sometimes they're not available for me because of all of these different reasons. And I still love them despite that because they're here for me in this way. Right. Or 
they be they behave in this way in this particular place and like cool that's good to know maybe i just won't be around them at those particular times or whatever it is to just sort of accept and understand that like these people that i'm in relationship with are deeply complicated and have a whole lot of nuance and i my job is to meet them where they're at and enact and enforce my own boundaries with them but not have yeah. the expectation that they are the perfect person for me all the time <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I also want to speak to one other part of the letter before we wrap up about this anxiety that you're having that you could possibly be that toxic friend. Mm. And let me tell you, my love, how many fucking times I've reached out to people in the past and been like, I'm sorry for what I did seven years ago. <laughs> like, Oh, I've done it all I, uh, so many times. <laughs> I've, last week, I know I'm going through some postpartum hormonal shifts and anxiety because last week I apologized to something I said to my wife four and a half years ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's where my anxious little brain is. Um, and she was like, uh, why are you talking about this? We're married. <laughs> like, we have a child. We have a child together. Yeah, we have um, a house. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're cool. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I, I relate incredibly to this idea, this anxiety of like, oh my God, they could think of me this way and I need to rectify this because it's really hard to move through this world when you're anxiously thinking that someone else is carrying you in a way that you're ashamed of. Like it, it, that, that can, that can really paralyze our emotional growth when we feel like we're stuck in the past with you know, restrained by other people's perception of us or other people's experience of us that we, that we feel like we've grown past, you know, that cringe. Yep. Oh my God. I, I literally put that in a text recently. I cringe when I think about how I acted back then. Um, and so I want to say, I send those messages. I'm not saying that you should <laughs> because mm -hmm. I'm not totally sure if it's actually the healthiest thing because it is, it is putting another person's experience of me and their perception of me before my understanding of myself and my self-love and self-worth. Meaning, I want you to know from a stranger that it is absolutely okay that you were a toxic friend if that is true. Like, we've been there. We've done it. We've been that person. And the only way that we can become untoxic is to be toxic and learn from it. Right. Like sure. none of us is like the expectation we have of ourselves to move from toddlerhood into absolute maturity, you know, and security and have the ability to have social relationships without conflict or without stumbling or, or whatever, given all the fucked up things that happen to us in life is just an impossible standard that we put on ourselves. So the fact that you may have been a toxic friend at times and that people may be walking around the world with an understanding of you that no longer reflects who you are now or no longer or or doesn't include what you have learned that is okay it's so uncomfortable for sure and it's also okay all of us are doing that all of us have past versions of ourselves walking around in other people's heads you know oh absolutely and um, it's like Remember that maturity doesn't equal perfection, 
right? Maturity means recognizing that you're going to make mistakes and that people are right. going to have ideas of you in their head that you are not going to be able to change. Right. And their experiences right. of you are going to be negative, no matter how much love and joy and goodness you're trying to put out into the world, because like you can't control what other people think or feel about you. And right. And I, I actually did this recently with somebody who I was like in a lot of conflict with. And then like years have passed since then. And I like reached out, I ran into them and I was like, Oh, let's get coffee and catch up. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So then I texted them and was like, Hey, all of this stuff about how I enjoyed our time together and like, blah, 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 blah. And like really respect them. And then was like, so let's grab coffee. Like you said. And then they responded, thanks for reaching out. <laughs> so, oh my God. Wait, you cut out. What did they say? <laughs> They responded, thanks for reaching out. And that was it. Like no response, no return of anything, any of this. No, like no, un, <laughs> like no agreement to get together, even though they had said that they'd be interested in it like the oh three God, weeks before. <laughs> and of course I spiraled in that moment and was like, oh my God, this is so mortifying <laughs> that I put all this out into the world. And then was like, so like, just like, Pettily rebuffed by like the, yeah. the thanks for reaching out is just ooh it's a it's a zinger, um, and then I had to realize like okay well you know the reality is that I actually don't know why this person doesn't want to get coffee with me. I can make yes. up a whole lot of stories about why, and in ninety nine percent of them, I'm going to be the villain who has done something wrong, <laughs> right? Because yes. that's how yes, my brain totally. is trained, and. Mm -hmm. I have to just accept for whatever reason, this person doesn't want me back in their life and that's okay. It could be because they're too busy and they like don't want to make time for me. It could be because they're still mad about the things that happened, the conflict that we had, which is right. also okay. It could be because they're prioritizing other friendships over our potential friendship, right. right? Like, and all of those things for sure, they hurt. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that I did anything wrong by reaching out to this person, by trying to like reconcile or that I did anything wrong that they don't want to be friends with me anymore. Right. Like that right. they don't want to be in my life anymore. And so right. when you are thinking about whether or not you want to do this, I just want you to, to have that in mind, right? Like, what are you trying to do in this moment and right. what's going to happen if this person comes back and says, actually, I don't want this apology and I'm not interested in it, right? Like, what is the, what are you trying to achieve and how are you going to respond in a way that's not just going to continue to perpetuate the story you have about yourself, which is that you're somehow a bad or toxic or clingy or overly emotional friend. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I want to leave you with is that reaching out there's, you know, I've found a lot of healing in reaching out or like resolving that within my heart. But I also know deep down inside that my time might be more better spent forgiving myself for that behavior in the first place and not having that forgiveness be contingent on their acceptance of my apology. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, my darling, my toxic friend, you are in phenomenal company, I might add, um, because <laughs> me and Sam are over there hanging out with you um, in yeah, this toxic 100%. friend pit. Um, and, uh, you know, you are this 
this is part of growing up. This is part of moving through life is recognizing that all relationships are different. People's place in our lives moves and changes and shifts throughout time. And we are lucky. We are lucky. We're so lucky to have time at all and have the opportunity to meet people, even if they aren't for us in the long run. Um, so I wish you the best and I truly hope this helps. Uh, we love you so much. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Remember that if you want more content from us, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as a whole lot of other fun perks at different levels. So go check it out yeah. at patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please also remember to follow, like, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, production, editing, all those magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. And remember, you cannot control how people perceive you no matter how perfectly you behave or how meticulously you try to meet their needs or articulately you apologize you don't know all of the circumstances and history and complications that are affecting the story they carry about you and even if you could this still wouldn't protect you from disappointing people disappointing people is a part of life and it doesn't make you a bad person. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>